0: Welcome everyone to the Step Zero Podcast. This is Matteo once again. I'm joined today by Jelena Braschanac. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> okay, fine. Because we, we had a couple of minutes of back and forth with me trying to, trying to figure out your name. <laughs> and I was really hoping I could get it right. And Jelena is the, is the co-founder of Dragonfly Mental Health. And, uh, and she's here to discuss with me um, mental health in academia. And uh, and the interesting thing about it is that there are a lot of parallels that we can draw between the academia world and other industries, such one that I that I come from, which is which is the tech and digital industry. So, Yelena, I'll give you the chance to introduce yourself. First of all, thank you for for doing this and for and for joining me on the on the podcast. And you know, the stage is yours. Like maybe tell us a little bit about your background and uh, and why mental health as a topic is important to you.
1: Uh, Hello, Matteo. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, It is a pleasure and I'm really happy to talk about mental health with you. Um, I'm um, coming originally from Montenegro and Serbia and um, I get a fellowship uh, for doing PhD research here in Berlin. And um, I study depression since my master's. So mental health topic is... Pretty familiar for me for quite some time now, almost five six years, uh, and um, I consider it uh, essential topic in in life because um, I think it is um, you know one of the key ingredients that is making our life you know happy and meaningful. And I really like the uh, definition of mental health as a state of well being where each individual can be their best self and contribute to their community. So, you know, without anything further, I think that uh, that is valid reason enough. Uh, The other thing that uh, drove me into mental health activism, uh, actually, in academia is um, uh, seeing the current crisis uh, that is um, happening in in academic research, uh, especially in the context of uh, PhD researchers, uh, the the group that I actually uh, belong to, uh, last year and the year before, uh, marked um, you know reports that um, kind of a shock the academic community, where we could find out that around forty or fifty percent of PhD students are affected either by depression or anxiety, and um, I think that is a uh, really um, Depressing in a, uh, in a really mild sense, and also um, the prevalence of depression in um, academic community is uh, six times higher than the general population. So, uh, just uh, you know, by embarking on uh, you know research journey and choosing you know research as your um, you know life vocation or job, you are skyrocketing yourself you know six times more to Mental health issues, and um, I really think that uh, you know that should not be the case. Uh, you should not um, be suffering because you are pursuing your dream and uh, at the same time also moving the boundaries of uh, of the knowledge in the world. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's what um, drove me to be interested first in um, mental health in academia, and uh, last year. Um, there was a conference in Berlin called iScientist and, uh, yeah, that was a time where we could, um, still meet and, you know, have a proper conference between, before this COVID time. Um, and, uh, there was a mental health, uh, session and, um, that's where I met Wendy Ingram from U.S. She was one of the key, uh, keynote speakers in mental health, um, session and later led, um, Activism session or um, action and conference um, kind of uh, um, part of the of the conference on mental health and um, uh, yeah the the group was was really big and the energy of group was so amazing you know so many people talked very openly about you know their struggles and um, efforts in in academia regarding mental health uh, but also uh, people were uh, really um, you know, um, angry, but in a positive way, in a sense of, you know, wanting a change. And all of us really agree that uh, what is necessary is systemic change. So this is not an individual problem. This is not, you know, problem for people not fitting into academia. This is actually problem of the culture that is um, currently not sustainable, you know, very toxic and causing a lot of people to, to suffer or worsen mental health problems. And um, I just could not let this moment pass. So Wendy and I we uh, we kept in touch, and uh, we expanded on ideas that we gathered during uh, this uh, conference. And we, uh, yeah, we we just wanted to to also go big in a sense, and wanted this uh, group not to be just group, but to be you know nonprofit, to be organization, and to uh, expand globally and we started with a core um, number of volunteers uh, and you know people who were interested from that conference and now we have uh, more than 100 volunteers uh, from 25 different countries 15 different disciplines and everything is really digital you know our main workspace is slack so even before corona we started uh, working online on on this and um, this year it's just uh, growing more
0: and more oh that's that's impressive and there's that i mean thank you for for the introduction and i you know first of all hats off for for your efforts and and hats off to you wendy and all and everyone who's involved all the stakeholders and and i've seen on on your website and i've read around that uh you have a lot of uh, um You know, followers in the sense of like people really embracing the project and participate actively participating in it, and that's and that's great to see. And before before I ask about specifically um, Dragonfly Mental Health, like may may I ask, like how widespread or how known is it that uh, that there are these issues within academia? I mean, you mentioned that forty to fifty percent of uh, of PhD. Uh, researchers are affected by either anxiety or, or depression and that there is, a, there is a, um, you know, this uh, rate being like uh, six times fold or even higher of people being affected within academia mm-hmm. compared to other industries. Are these statistics known? Uh, like, to, yeah. like a known factor within academia?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, just a, a little correction. So the comparison uh, of the prevalence, so six times higher than in general population. Uh, meaning, Got it. Uh, yeah, probably some other uh, professions uh, are also with really high rate. Uh, and the uh, first uh, findings actually um, regarding burnout and uh, mental health difficulties actually came from, um, from kind of a industry or tech world or uh, physicians. So medical doctors being, uh, you know, burned out. Uh, and, you know, people from different caregiving professions. So uh, researchers are not the only um, population that is, you know, heavily affected and in this um, kind of a dark category, Uh, but yeah, six times higher prevalence than in general population. Uh, What I can say about, um, yeah, being aware of this is uh, that I think still um, this is not very well known. Um, So, in last two years, there were um, more papers or uh, reports that were, you know, raising awareness and uh, trying to, um, to educate uh, people about, uh, you know, this issue. But in general, um, a lot of institutions still uh, do not uh, take any, you know, any steps or any actions or um, there's not a lot of knowledge or a lot of data. So, for example, um, what I said uh, about these previous reports—they were done uh, by, you know, online surveys um, with um, with participants from all over the world. Uh, but um, it's also about each uh, department or institution assessing this uh, also on its own to see to see what is the state of art there. Uh, So I think um, if you would look at, for example, Twitter scientific community, there's a lot of activism there and I think a lot of people are aware. But if you um, think about all the scientific institutions and, uh, you know, universities and departments, I think that this issue is still uh, very neglected and, um, you know, not recognized.
0: Mm, Interesting, because it's, um, you know, we, it's, it's probably... You know on one end it's maybe too soon on the other end like mm-hmm. I, I don't have enough information because of course i don't I don't come from the same background, but it is not too different compared to what happens in other industries and by other industries, I usually refer to where I come from again which mm-hmm. is digital and tech right but um at least in you know in digital and tech, I feel that there have been a few a few initial steps and at least the the uh, I think there have been some changes a lot of it until a few years ago was just theory right like you said there is a lot of there are a lot of studies there is a lot of data of course there is uh, there is a lot of data specifically about the digital industry because there's uh, there's um, you know companies proactively collecting this kind of information and then it, it immediately went to the public eye and uh, and then it information compounded and now it feels like there is actually some concrete steps, significant steps being taken. Uh, It's it's striking, however, to see how different these two worlds are treated, right? Just because, I mean, on one end, we speak about academia. On the other end, we speak about, let's say, the digital industry. There isn't really a real, an actual reason why these two worlds, so to speak, should need to be treated separate because a lot of of situations um, such as you know your relationship with your with your leader, or uh, or the the way that uh, that uh, demands and resources are balanced. These are things that happen within any occupational environment or any situation, including academia. So I'm I'm really surprised that uh, that um, um, you know I'm really surprised I would say to hear that this is happening in academia. And I'm on the same at the same time very grateful that there's people like you who are uh, who are taking the matter you know, um, very, very seriously and actually trying to make a change. So may I ask why then Dragonfly mental health and what are you trying to achieve or what are you trying or hoping to achieve and do differently uh, with Dragonfly? Um,
1: Okay, so uh, Dragonfly uh, is trying to to focus its effort uh, really on systemic level. And uh, we we actually want to elevate the burden from um, from individuals, especially uh, you know students who do not have you know that much power to uh, to change um, circumstances, uh, and usually are the one who are suffering the most from different consequences. Because uh, one thing that is very different in academia in comparison to um, other industries is that we. Don't have you know some of the infrastructure that is common in other places. Uh, basically, your your mentor is uh, your boss, your principal investigator, and uh, he is supposed to be everything from project manager to uh, you know leader to uh, I don't know people management. Um, so everything is up to one person usually, and um, most likely that person is really not trained in all of these things. So uh, there's a lot of burden also on um, um, higher faculty staff, And uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, consequences that are coming from that because um, in in other industries, you know, you have people who are trained to be, you know, managers, project managers, to be leaders, to be uh, working in, you know, human resources to uh, try to make this team function to give better results to, um, you know, um, have better, um, I don't know, funding or earn more money or to grow or profit or so on. Uh, in academia, things are looked a little bit differently and you're usually left alone to handle different issues or nobody's really um, there in most of cases to, you uh, to evaluate this and people who um, who commit some, some mistakes, let's say there was um, either abuse or harassment or bullying, usually do not have any consequences. So if you are a um, professor, you are protected as a panda bear, <laughs> basically nobody can fire you and uh, people can file some complaints, but um, we still haven't seen any Consequences, um, you know. There's been like Me Too movement also in in academia, but uh, you know changes are really uh, slow here, and academia is pretty conservative and old fashioned environment. Uh, I know it can sound very um, ironic, uh, you know, taking into account that we are working on uh, you know cutting edge research, uh, you know, on a novelty innovation, but. Uh, how things are functioning as a, I don't know, company <laughs> kind of sense. It, it, it is uh, very old-fashioned and with hierarchies that are difficult to um, to break or to kind of like give a feedback or so on. So uh, there's a lot of issues that are actually coming from, from that. Uh, what we in a Dragonfly want to do is, uh, you know, start from... Um, from that um, institutional level. So one of the things we we want to do is, um, is actually um, yeah, fulfill something that we call the wellness wheel. So we created um, kind of a wheel of five domains of excellence that we think are necessary for achieving mental health. And um, first thing there uh, is actually a department committee. So, um, those will be the people at a a certain institute or university that are uh, responsible for uh, for guiding and working with us on mental health strategy and uh, monitoring how process is going on and working on creating the sustainable change and sustainable actions regarding mental health. So, you know, The first thing that we want this to exist and in most cases is not existing is just telling you how big of a problem that is and that you know uh, the problem is neglected because you don't even have people working on this you know it's on it's not on anybody's agenda so how can you address it or so on Uh, then other thing is um, peer network Uh, we, we really think that is extremely important and also um, it is shown that, uh, you know, community support and especially support um, from your peers, from your colleagues um, is uh, is very necessary and beneficial in terms of mental health, but also your overall health or integration into, for example, uh, you know, new city, new country that you came to because in academia, um, kind of a nomadic life is really Um, very common. So you're moving and uh, you're suddenly without any support or family or friends and you have to start from the beginning. And these uh, peer networks are um, actually something that uh, we see on a wider scale, um, assembling just from students themselves. So um, that is showing that there is a need for mental health support and for peer networks. And um, this bottom-up approach is uh, you know taking the tasks that um, you know this this top level this management level is not actually doing and um, What we want uh, is to you know help these peer networks um, establish themselves and also they um, They will work there together with this department committee in updating resources in uh, promoting um, promoting mental health um, activities or um, or you know being there to support people because uh, that's one of the prerequisites of uh, somebody, uh, you know, being mentally healthy. Or also if uh, somebody is in need of help, help, help to reach out, to, you know, have somebody to reach out, reach out to. Then uh, third thing is mental health literacy. Um, we are developing um, mental health literacy talks and workshops. And um, uh, this is the, the first thing that people need to also be aware of. So there are a lot of misconceptions uh, about, you know, what is mental health? What is uh, mental illness? Um, you know, who is uh, in the risk group? What are the symptoms? Uh, is there a prevention, How much is something treatable or not? So uh, to to be able to either talk about something or act upon and, you know, see some change, we need to know what is the problem. We, you know, we need the knowledge. So. Uh, this mental health literacy is um, something uh, as a starting point, and uh, from our previous you know talks and um, experiences, uh, we have to say that a lot of people uh, really do not know much about this, so that's other issue uh, Usually we are not taught about mental health either in i don't know in school or high school, and that's something that's assumed for you to figure out in your life but we are usually lagging behind and when we are experiencing difficulties, we start researching on our own. So we actually want this to be provided, you know, from universities, from us uh, to, you know, get the knowledge out. Uh, Fourth thing is um, skills, our skills or skills workshops. So we touch upon this relationship between uh, boss and employee or your mentor and, uh, for example, PhD student. And um, in a lot of these mental health reports, this relationship is actually presented as um, one or maybe the biggest contributor to mental health, um, either health or, or, or mental health problems. So uh, this is actually very important relationship in, in, in academia, because your your mentor, your supervisor, your boss is um, is a person who is um, hiring you in most of cases, uh, who's also guiding and supervising your academic research. And um, that is what your career actually depends on. So uh, it's a very complex power dynamic where um, this uh, power disbalance can cause Um, can cause a lot of problems uh, depending what kind of person this uh, this mentor is and um, usually if this relationship is suffering uh, then we have a lot of problems Uh, either people are um, in I don't know in depression or anxiety or um, I don't know burnout from a lot of work Uh, then um, I don't know if PI is asking for some crazy working hours. Uh, There is also a publication pressure. So if you don't have a good mentor or guidance, uh, you are really left alone. And there is also problem of isolation and uh, uh, feeling of not belonging or imposter syndrome. So basically um, what we want here with these workshops is to um, facilitate the conversation and uh, to um, to actually educate um, mentors or supervisors uh, how to recognize um, signs of mental health deterioration or problems in their students. Uh, because most of um, of researchers, of senior staff, uh, they're really not equipped with, uh, with skills to recognize this. Uh, this is not something that we are getting in our training and tomorrow. I may be the, uh, you know, research leader and, you know, nobody told me how to, uh, how to do this, how to uh, help my students. And um, we really believe that, you know, most of, uh, uh, most of the researchers, most of um, academic leaders actually do have the, the best interest, but maybe don't have resources or knowledge how to, how to help. So this workshop is actually mostly for faculty to Uh, provide tools for supporting mental health uh, for their students. And then uh, the fifth part is actually fighting stigma. So this is really a big part of a mental health problem, uh, not only in academia, but everywhere. Uh, There is really a big stigma that is attached uh, to to, to mental health and uh, uh, usually people are, Kind of a blame that you know it is their fault or it is just in their heads and uh uh they fear that they will be judged or rejected or that they will not succeed in their work if they are having mental health struggles so um we want to work on fighting the stigma in uh, providing open and frank conversations and uh, uh yeah making people sure that they do can succeed in in academia uh regardless of you know mental health issues that if there is support um available and um if there is you know care uh, that is that is provided uh problems can be solved also that mental uh health issues are um, biologically and environmentally driven uh plus you know um uh, and they're they're real real diseases so it's not something that uh we do not consider part of the uh, part of the health so uh it's not like when you're seeing somebody with a broken arm or i don't know sick from a flu or something uh you easily help these people or you're not judging this person but in in terms of mental health uh when something is not visible people um perceive it differently and um we really want to change that to uh educate everybody that you know mental health problems are real problems and you know that people are not diagnosed and that they can succeed uh regardless of what uh, issue they could have
0: yeah i think you you caught the the you know one of the most important points whether you whether we speak about academia or or any other different environment and and that's really something that a lot of people don't get unless they've been there themselves right the fact that just because you don't see it or just because we we wear this smile all the time or we make an effort to to look to look fine it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that uh, that we're not going through something and and so this is this has been. Actually very interesting and i've been, I've been taking notes as usual, and I have a couple of um, follow-up questions if you don't mind and yeah sure the first would be um, you know this is the the idea, and correct me if I'm wrong of a wellness wheel right like, so it looks mm-hmm. like these are all uh, specifically five different areas or, or uh, I allow me to call them area of, areas of intervention um, mm-hmm. to, to reach this uh, this uh, wellness on a three hundred sixty degrees right because of because of it being being a wheel like do you see do you see uh, there being any hierarchy between one point being being more important than the other, or are you trying ideally to tackle all of them and and the reason why I asked this is because i I can figure and maybe again maybe i'm 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 adopting the wrong angle, but I can figure that some companies some organizations some institutions that you that you might want to consult in the future do not have either the right resources or necessarily the the, the, the buy-in to, to allow mm-hmm. you to tackle all these areas. So would you say the ideal scenario is to tackle all of them at once, or is there, let's say, a hierarchy or like should, should, be, should we focus on one first and then develop the others? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, thank you very much for uh, this question. Uh, this is a really good question. Uh, and uh, very, um, very smart uh, note and remark from you. Uh, uh, Yes, this is ideally uh, something that we would tackle, you know, holistically, all these five areas or all these five domains. However, as you noticed, uh, world is, you know, not that ideal and usually uh, sources are lacking and, Either human resources, or financial, or you know, time, and different things. So we usually have to, uh, you know, pick one, or we just need to pick one to start because starting in all five it's very difficult, and uh, starting in all five would require really this institutional effort that is coming from from top approach. Um, and uh, yeah, if um, we, for example, would. Uh, would have a saying like okay uh, let's see is it better to first start with this department committee or with skills workshops for pi or with peer network you know what would you choose uh, and um, i see this as a two different scenarios so if um, faculty and this uh, you know upper um, academic staff is more willing and open to uh, to tackle mental health problems and issues, I think we can, you know, reach more people and, um, you know, have more positive change. So if, um, you know, um, your mentors start thinking about mental health of PhD students and researchers and uh, start taking training, start um, enacting some changes in, you know, research environment and climate, uh, I believe uh, less people will be affected with, mental health problems in the long run and uh, if i could start i would start on that level so starting with faculty members with uh, forming this department committee because they then would be able to provide the different resources or changes or trainings or just support to people however if we have situation where um, department is just not interested or is just neglecting that this problem exists. For example, somebody could say, you know, we are publishing enough papers, this institute is ranking very well, you know, we don't have these problems. Then uh, we could start with forming peer networks because uh, people are there, you know, on the ground and uh, they they see what are the needs that they are, that they need, (laughs) what are the resources and they can support uh, themselves before anybody else from you know, higher uh, academic pyramid actually uh, comes to, to help them. And uh, what I'm seeing right now in, in academia is that you have a lot of these small self assembled peer groups, and um, that is the indicator of um, yeah, the need and uh, what is easier to start. So we start from ourselves. So dragonfly is also that kind of effort you know we started uh, we wanted to initiate this change and um, before waiting for anybody else we started and also some other people um been doing similar things uh so yeah i would say it depends on the occasion uh it is better to start um in one domain working in one domain uh then waiting for the perfect wheel Maybe we have this eventually, but uh, I think it's just important to start on the level that is possible.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think this makes a lot of sense and you've been, in my opinion, like super clear in, in your explanation. And, and the reason I asked, and, and you know, it's also, it also helps me to think, to think out loud in a sense, because what you, what you have explained uh, through this, uh, this wellness wheel and through you know, the background that you shared within academia, is very much comparable to what's happening in several other industries. And I also share the same the same idea of, you know, we we speak of let's say finding a sponsor or an advocate within the, you know, this in your case, institution, in in my case, Mm -hmm. it's an organization or a company, um, an advocate or a sponsor that comes from ideally the management board that can you know drive the Mm -hmm. drive change um, top down. At the same time, and I think this makes a lot of sense, especially considering that you, you try to tackle this from a systemic level. Um, at the same time, you want to let's say combine this top-down approach with possibly a bottom-up approach with uh, with the peer network. And I think it's a very a very interesting thing to to let's say uh, tackle this issue from mm-hmm. from both sides. And if I understand correctly, the department committee is basically you know ideally the best way to to break this um this vertical structure where you have you know two opposites being the principal investigator and the students right so the Mm -hmm. the committee would be possibly a layer in between that could let's say take some burden off the pi and uh, and be closer let's say be a level closer to to the students is that the the main purpose of it
1: uh, yes, and um, what we imagine um, in this departmental committee uh, is to have representatives from um, all different, um, you know, levels of education or engagement. So, for example, we would like there to be um, a PhD student, uh, you know, a principal investigator. Then um, I don't know, master student, postdoc, um, somebody from from faculty, or so on, and also to have people. Uh, who are coming from different backgrounds, so you know somebody who is an immigrant first generation scientist um, i don 't know LGBTq member uh, person of color, or so on and um, that 's where we actually want to mix this hierarchy so uh, to to have to have the view from um, every possible angle that we have uh, because uh, we are talking about either on the wheel or mental health, but um, each, um, each department, so each community is unique and uh, may need a little bit um, tailored approach. So, um, you know, bottom up or top down approach would definitely have to be adjusted towards specific needs. And um, this department committee uh, would actually serve as a really good indicator or layer between these hierarchies so i really like how you uh, pointed that it can actually you know take the burden out from these individuals and uh, that could actually be really uh, incredible and um, i think helpful for everybody and um, yeah that's something that will have mental health as a you know primary goal
0: yeah, that's uh, thank you. Thank you for sh- for clarifying and sharing that. I, I, you know, I, I think I have obviously now a much better picture of uh, of the academia world. Although my, my, <laughs> my, you know, I guess my my knowledge of it is is uh, very superficial in the sense. If if I asked you, and this might be a, a tough question to answer, but why do you think um, because of this contrast between, you know, a sort of an old school way of managing things yet you know the fact that you work with cutting edge research and something that is really impactful on a, on a wider level why do you think the academic academic world got to this stage like is it because you know if i look at it from an external perspective i i almost think okay maybe you know the impactful of of the research is so big that there is probably no time to focus on anything else and maybe the structure at some point was lacking and and you know and 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 this is what what happened over time but this is probably an over simplistic view of, mm-hmm. of what actually happened do you do you think there is i don't think there is an easy explanation for this but do you would you have a view on that matter
1: mm-hmm. uh, thank you for your interesting uh, you know point of view uh, uh, yeah this is um, this is really um, it's a really interesting uh, interesting question and uh, I was also thinking about this uh, just for, for myself. Um, I don't think I have definite answer, uh, but um, yeah, some, um, some observations maybe that I can, uh, that I can share. Uh, so first of all, um, there is a, a lack of proper or good management or maybe good leadership in a sense in science. So, uh, if somebody is a good scientist and uh, you know discovers amazing uh, you know things and I don't know fosters our knowledge further so on, it doesn't mean that this person is a good leader. Um, however, uh, today uh, most of si- senior scientists spend a lot of their time in um, administrative or management tasks that they're not really trained to do and also uh, mostly not really willing to do. So basically, somebody's taking uh, their pressure, precious time that they could, uh, you know, uh, spend on research in, I don't know, so many things that are, you know, managing uh, the institutions, managing department, um, hiring people, uh, writing grants. And, you know, this is all part of um, today's, um, kind of a busyness um, culture in science and overproduction of results and knowledge and just making a lot of um, confusion um, for everybody, you know, from um, from PhD student to the seniors. And um, uh, yeah, I think um, also one thing is that um, people who enter science, uh, you know, all of us, we are really very enthusiastic and driven, uh, you know, uh, by the wish to, you know, change the world, to find a cure and, you know, all these idealistic tendencies <laughs> that usually got crushed in, you know, later years of PhD when you realize that, you know, you may add a little a piece to the puzzle of knowledge, but uh, yeah, very unlikely that uh, you're gonna change the world. Um, however, uh, a lot of uh, things in science are actually uh driven on this enthusiasm and um i don't know just left to to be handled on its own so um for a lot of things or a lot of problems there is nobody really who's responsible or to whom you can refer to you know to help you if some things are going wrong if i don't know the dynamic in the group is not fine um and for example i don't know if it is caused by some senior um, researcher or even your mentor whom you can talk to your mentor <laughs> so it's just like uh, you know vicious circle so uh, usually people get discouraged from um, from solving these problems or they got um, i don't you know driven to to leave academia or have mental health problems and um, uh, yeah like a, a lot of things are just uh, lost in translation so to so to say Um, And uh, what I think is that, uh, I mean, it's probably not intentional, but um, that's how this kind of a hyperinflation of everything happens. So you have this exponential growth in sense of, um, I don't know, research and uh, need to publish, to to do research, to, you know, collect points for uh, your next career job. Uh, And what is actually the case that um, jobs in academia are very scarce. So around just 1% of uh, PhD students will one day, you know, be professors and get uh, this full position. So basically competition is really merciless and um, uh, it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of a rat race in a sense. And uh, I think it's negatively affecting everybody and also negatively affecting the quality of research, because when you're under this pressure to publish as much as you can uh, in, you know, as little time that you can, uh, people make mistakes, uh, research gets, I don't know, unreproducible or um, just you have the inflation of results that nobody can really wrap their hands around, head around, and you know you have people who. Uh, you know don't even have time to to read their own papers in uh <laughs> in full so i think um there are a lot of contributors uh meaning uh the pressure of work then having a lot to to do that is not research but administrative stuff uh, and um, um yeah just uh, being left left alone without a supportive system from From the university or uh, from from institution in sense of um, of people management or or human resources, I I think that's something that's lacking in academia.
0: Yeah, that is again. It's um, I'm I'm kind of speechless because I think again (laughs) there is there is a lot of there's so many similarities between between the academia world and 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 other situations. Yet you know people sharing my background, for example, don't know much, or I would say don't know anything about the academia world, but there's so many things that just maybe through an exchange of information like the one we're doing now, a lot of things mm-hmm. could, could be different, right? Like, and, and there could be many, many chances to, um, I think, replicate this discussion and having a sort of a healthy brainstorm uh, between the two the two different factions. And I think, you know, to to circle back to what you were saying about the committee being um being made of several representatives right like this is this is kind of like the same in my view it's the same mm-hmm. it's the same approach there is a lot of uh, a lot that can be learned uh from from academia and a lot that can be probably transferred over to academia so that uh eventually um you know the impact that uh, that researchers like you make on the world is even comes from an even better place and i think that's uh, that has um, that could have a really positive impact in the long term for all of us and not just for the academic world so um you know because we are kind of like tight on time and 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 getting towards towards the end of the of the discussion unfortunately if, you know if I were to ask you what is the next step for for dragonfly mental health because initially I wanted to ask you you know what what do you envision for the academia world in the future, but I believe that you touched on this quite extensively, and I have you know I think what, you, what, your, what your goal is and what Dragonfly's goal is is probably shared uh, by, by many professionals like you, but what do you think then, what could help Dragonfly uh, push forward and push this movement forward? What would be the next step for you to, um, to let Dragonfly touch more institutions or be known by, by more institutions?
1: Um, okay, yeah, thank you uh, yes, it's been uh, quite some time for us discussing these topics, and uh, um, I, I do agree I think there is um, a lot of inter interdisciplinary uh, conversation needed uh, because we're facing similar problems, and uh, I think we could definitely you know share some insights and you know help each other and uh, do some you know cross cross pause <laughs> with with solutions. Uh, what I envision for Dragonfly is um, to um, yeah push more in this sense of um, shifting academia towards more um, sustainable, more kinder and open um, environment, and um, yeah we definitely uh, need to you know spread the word and uh, reach more uh, reach more institutions. So we already um, you know. Um, have some some support, but we are always in um, in, in in search for um, for for funding or donations or uh, or just support to um, to help bring our programs to uh, to the people who, for example, need this but cannot afford. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, there's a lot of you know PhD students uh, not paid. <laughs> not paid very much, I, I have to say, who uh, are, for example, assembling either peer networks or want to bring us to their uh, campus, but they don't have um, departmental support, so they don't have funding. And we are always uh, trying to find some sponsors who would actually, you know, uh, be able to to pay uh, pay us so we can, you know, deliver the program. And uh, that's one of our main main goals to... Um, to to find sustainability in in sense of um, you know external funding or or funding from whatever side uh, is possible so we can uh, um, we can help people in need help you know academics and PhD students uh, you know working on their dreams and on the knowledge and uh, not um, not being uh, in a in a desperate state uh, we are um, yeah. We're working on on fundraising. That's what uh, Wendy, my my co-founder, and I are uh, also very very much uh, you know concerned uh, you know because we have so many volunteers now. It's everything more more or less volunteered, but we want to. Uh, to pay people to deliver these programs, uh, because in academia, uh, we do so much, uh, you know, unpaid work. And if I would calculate everything, it's I think more than uh, than I've done as, as a paid work. So we want to, to provide the sustainability and, you know, support people because financial concerns are the ones that are affecting mental health also the most. Uh, but then uh, we really think that, um, as climate is changing and uh, more people are recognizing mental health in academia, that uh, there will be more resources available. And uh, we see some um, good indications from, for example, UK, where seven initiatives working on research mental health got funding from the government. So that's still very far from all over the world or um, from, for example, Germany or so on. But we believe this trend will develop. And um, yeah, in the meantime, um, everybody can you know visit our website, and uh, uh, you know if uh, somebody is just you know willing to support uh, researchers and you know uh, help uh, help uh, PhD students and academia, you know they can make donation, and uh, we can you know continue working on our programs.
0: That's 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 perfect, and thank you, thank you for mentioning also. Um, the the website uh, just to remind people that's dragonflymentalhealth.com of course we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll link it uh, within the or below in the in the podcast notes and Yelena just to conclude mm-hmm. what is the best way to reach out to you directly let's say you know somebody wants to know more or somebody is is really interested in in what you can bring to the table like is there maybe you know for for a lot of people is LinkedIn like what what's your best medium for for connecting
1: okay so people could definitely, uh, contact me on, on LinkedIn. Um, also, um, also on Twitter, uh, or, uh, they can, uh, directly write, uh, to us in Dragonfly. Uh, we, um, we have, um, we have email of course, and you know, uh, contact us page. So everybody can, uh, get into touch if they just want to, um, I don't know, subscribe to our newsletter or, get more information about our programs they can also uh you know um, subscribe to that and um, if they want to write personally of course they can contact me on linkedin but if they want to get to know more about the organization in general uh, they can also just contact dragonfly mental health i'm also (laughs) checking this email so uh, it's it's more or less the same thing um as as people want, um, we are really really happy to uh, to answer and yeah spread the word.
0: That's that's perfect. And and with this, I you know we get to the conclusion of the of the conversation. If if anything, like I always say, like I hope that this brings a little extra visibility to your efforts. I do think that uh, that you're doing something something impressive and and by no means by no means easy. Uh, because there is a big challenge ahead of you, but uh, you know, again, maybe either by joining forces or maybe with with somebody um, listening to this conversation in the future. Like, hopefully, we we get to you know the future that we both envision, and and that's that's my wish for you. So, Yelena, thank you so much once again for being part of the podcast. Thank you for sharing all this uh, all this information. I definitely know. A lot more about the academia world, for sure, not enough. But I, I feel like at least I can sustain a conversation around it. So thank you so much for that.
1: Thank you so much uh, once again for for the space and for recognizing our initiative. And also congratulations to you for for this podcast for your mental health effort. I think it's uh, equally important. Uh, and uh, I, I think we're all creating this mental health network uh that is going to cross boundaries between different disciplines or um, areas of work because i think in the end we really do want the the same thing so yeah good luck with everything
0: <laughs> thank you Elena, and and uh, we'll speak soon
1: thank you